You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. I said, hey, hey, welcome to hey. the Man Cave Happy hey. Hour. Hey. I'll settle down. <laughs> We're going to drink a fine whiskey and smoke a really fine cigar. All right, it is time for Happy Hour. It is the Man Cave Happy Hour. Whiskey, cigars, spirits, the stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Hey, good afternoon, good evening. I am Matt Fox. Welcome oh. to the Man Cave. Tuesday, Matt, what does that mean? A Tuesday means the week has started. That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> the week starts at 5 o'clock on Tuesday. And it is a tasting <laughs> Tuesday with Joe Lewis Bourbon. Yes. Yes. And we thoroughly look forward to this, uh, this day and this time. Yes, so uh, Michael Shore from... Uh... Yes, I'm here with Bob Reedy, our special guest, so I'll introduce. So, you know, I think this is our... Is this our fourth? Is this our fourth episode? Is that a bartender in your pocket, or you just have... That is a bartender. Me? I never leave home without my without the best bartender in North America at my disposal, right? So that's what this is all about. All right, so tonight is kind of special, because you guys haven't met all these guys who are here, Mm-mm. but I have. Um, you know... Uh, when I think of uh, the best bartenders I've ever known, I think of Bob and Leo, uh, Tom McGuire. Uh, Jason, I don't know as well, but I, I'm about to get to know because I know hey. if it says bacon tastes good, you know, how, how bad can he be? But, <laughs> you know, Bob, I, I met Bob uh, probably uh, 15, 18 years ago when he was uh, at Prohibition. And I think, Leo, and you were there. Yep, uh, that's correct. You were a young, young buck then. And, uh, and he just, he, you know, it was amazing, the, not just the, um, the quality of the drinks, uh, which were all really, you know, at that time, the idea of a handcrafted cocktail was kind of a new thing, that someone actually put work into it and used, you know, fun ingredients and, and tools. Um, but it really became his personality. And you know what? Hopefully it's going to come out and you'll see. So, Bob, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, Leo and Jason. All right, well, again, uh, I, I've worked with Leo for quite a long time, and uh, my best How you doing, cowboy? <laughs> hey, buddy. And, uh, and I just met Jason just uh, just before I retired, so he, these guys are both, they got great palates, and they know all about the mouthfeel and the, and the, the mash build and everything. I'm pretty much just a, a show-off that doesn't know much, but I, I talk a lot, and people seem to listen, so... <laughs> <laughs> didn't you have know, a choice back then <laughs> yeah exactly all right so you know jamie you guys want to you want to ask bob some questions ask these guys i think you you know you've uh we're here to talk about really i think the topic is what makes a great bartender so 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 uh bob do me a favor pronounce your last name for me is it rudy 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 all right fantastic so you're a retired bartender. What is retirement like for a bartender who has, and Jason, you correct me if I'm wrong. You had shared with us that his last drink poured was, was auctioned off for, for charity. And, correct. And, and, and to be able to auction off a, a, a drink like that for, for $7,000, what, what does it take? You're, you're in retirement, Bob. What does that mean when someone actually ponies up for $7,000 for your last cocktail? Can you hear us? 
that one for me. He's just, okay. So Jason was telling how when you retired at the big event, the last card went for and for a chair. What's that for you? Honestly, it's coming to light. A lot of people didn't know it, but it's probably one of the worst bartending nights I've ever had. I had such a panic attack. Um, 45, 50 people looking at me. I had to go to the bathroom. I felt like throwing up. Uh, the next day afterwards, I stopped. I got off social media, and I hadn't been on it until about two weeks ago. I, I found that I'm not. Um, what is it? I don't know. I get panic attacks. <laughs> well, so, look look I, at this guy I, in action, right? We're looking I'm at pictures of you, action shots. <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the things that I've always kind of relied on, because I'm not a sports guy, and uh, we don't like to talk about politics and, and, and all this other stuff at the bar. So I'll, I'll tell stories. I've had quite an illustrious uh, dark side of my past and, and crimes and fun stuff, and and I bring certain tools. I don't know if you got any video here, but, but you know, when Your you belt? show up with a, <laughs> I, I gonna, didn't get the belt together. It's all in pieces. I'm redoing it. And we're going to talk about the bat belt. We really are. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us about some of the trends that you've actually recognized over the past number of years, 40 plus years. Uh, some of the trends that you've witnessed, okay. what has changed a little bit or okay. one of the uh, biggest changes? Uh, yeah. When I started out, you know, I started out in 77. And back then when you would make it old-fashioned, you would make it with a big chunk of orange and one of those red dye numbers of cherries and some uh, whatever, Seagrams or Jack Daniels or Jim Beam, whatever you had. Sure. And uh, as as it progressed and got, I kind of feel like the whole world was there for me because as I got tired of making it one way, they came up with a new plan. So that so that, that led into the green apple martinis and martinis and, and, uh, and all of that nonsense. And when the cocktail thing came in, I'm on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> so we got them both locked up there. So craft cocktails uh, is what he was getting to, and he was uh, saying that it really changed from just your your standard wells of a a, a beam, um, and it has progressed. and And the 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 fancy cocktails have gotten fancier has as it gone has gone on. And it's uh, what has that done to the taste, Jason Leo? What do you guys think? You know, moving from just the wells um, to to like the different more premiums have done for for the cocktails. Well, moving it that way, though, I think it's just uh, you open up flavors, you got better quality. But you got to remember that we're moving back towards what bartending used to be when it first became you know, when we first started doing it back in you know, the late 1800s. You know, bartenders, you know, were extinct as much as lawyers and doctors because well, you had to have a license to dispense it. You know, an actual like, a whole like, you know, government state license and everything. So it was a uh, more medicinal back then, and cocktails are a purely American thing. We're the first ones to put actual different things together. No, no, for whatever purpose. Cover you know, not just throwing wine in water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's for like, standards and practices so you don't go blind. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, but so, and when I went, what got me, because I, I grew up in a biker bar. 
You know, I grew up at a dive, dive, dive biker bar. You know, you know? there's, there's a, if you, you have to get out to Detroit, Leo, because there's a place out here in downtown Royal Oak. And it's one of those dive bars that you can go to. And back in the day, back in the 90s, it was the place, it was the dive bar. It's Gasoline Alley. And it's something that we've been to a number of times. Have you ever heard of Gasoline? Eh, I got a couple of good friends from Detroit. Okay. Never been, but I always wanted to go. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. When you get out here, see your friends, you know, say, hey, let's go to Gus's, but and then try to take over the jukebox because that's where it's at. So <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I know for me that though, when I started learning how things were put together in cocktails and that there was history there, that would that's what grabbed me. I go, mm. Bob tells stories, but everything indicative of being a bartender is, is a story isn't it you know, that's part of what you guys do as well here is you right. know the stories that go with everything and it grabbed me as a passion it totally did and it changed my entire career yeah you know so where, i've been doing this at? i've been doing this 20 years now so wow, where are you okay. at these days leo uh these days i hunt until they reopen all of us you know okay fair enough <laughs> but i'm still with uh i'm still with red phone booth and have been for 10 years now no. So you so and Jason, then, you got you and Jason then work together. Is that correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So what is yeah, that like? Bob, you know, Bob was my partner for almost a decade. Wow. In yeah. fact, he was talking about the belt, and I know when he gets back on, I'm sure he'll go. We're back. Sorry. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> no, there's just like touching on the belt there, but. Yeah, I saw you. Uh, I saw you pulled up, uh, Leo. I saw you pulled up uh, some accessories there. So, uh, oh, yeah, um, Bob has his, but this you, one's mine. Here, oh, okay, oh, you my. have a similar one. <laughs> okay, so okay. It's, it's a it's a belt. All right, so it, yeah, <laughs> just like he had got a made of an old gumbo. Ah, just like yeah. his. We have different things on it, but you know, there's uh, of course, you know, the ice pick because we we hand chop ice at work. You know, yeah, yeah. ice pick striker for torches, of course, to get a waiter's tool. You know, my bottle opener, which, you know, I'm Filipino, so had to have a butterfly knife bottle opener. <laughs> you know, they're not, if you ever get out here, when you get out here, they're not going to let you across the border with that. You know that, right? No, that's... Well, you across the border the first time, I mean, like, going back to that, like, coming into the country, if I was big of a problem. Now, that's a yeah. knife. That's a knife. Yeah, that's, that's my ice knife. Uh, it actually is a lot similar to the shape of uh, the bolo I used back home in the Philippines when I lived there. And so it was nostalgic. And uh, I was buying a new gun and they had the knife counter up front. And I said, well, they got me. I had to have it. And uh, I got my tomahawk here. I got a, my combat tomahawk that I've carried for years. But it's a, that's what I use actually to, uh, to saber champagne bottles with. Uh-huh. I was going to say to keep the riffraff out, but you know. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's what we got security for. <laughs> so did so, Bob. Did you start the trend with the bat belt or with with the belt that uh, oh, yeah. that Leo's been using now? And you kind of brought him along to the to utilize the belt. I was working at the Ritz Carlton, and the salmonier there had a leather like like a leatherman pouch with his with his wine key on it, and then. Probably a lot easier if I had the belt, but it's all in pieces. It's all over the house. I got I got this bottle opener from David Cassidy from the Partridge Family a million years ago as a kid, right? And I wanted to incorporate these two things into my uniform, but I was at the Rich Carlton and I really couldn't put a lot of stuff in my pocket because I had ashtrays in my pocket. I figured somebody smoked a cigarette, I take a cigarette, put the ashtray out, cap it, give a 
question yesterday. It's always a trick, you know? Um, kept a lighter in each box so I could light two people's cigarettes once, and if there were three of them, I'd double. So after a while, this belt thing came along. I've always been a boy, and I've always liked Batman. And so I, I built the thing into the into the uh, buckle that would, that would hold the card. And um, awesome. it just kept coming and coming, and it, people liked it, so I kept at it. Killed my back, but I... You know, give the people what they want. So is that what inspired you to start working with fire fun. more often? Or? How, much it how, much, how much did it weigh, Bob? Uh, 17 pounds. It's a heavy so it's 17 butter. pounds, but it's, it's a heavy it's three hours and bad packaging. It's like more yeah, so so you're lighting people's cigarettes. Is that what inspired the you the usage of the fire with your cocktails, or is that something that just kind of progressed over over time to start adding smokiness to the uh, to the drinks that you were doing? Did you hear that, Bob? No, I couldn't hear that one. Uh, the question is: Did uh, sm- cigarette smoking inspire all the use of uh, smoke and uh, flame? Um, it was smoking something else, honestly. Ah. But, um, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, Bob. <laughs> but I think if you were going to use a torch, why, why would a why would a bartender want to use like a chef brulee torch to light wood on fire when he could put dragons on it and, and make it look like a fire breathing dragon? It was just all just let, let's see how much fun we can make it, you know. Nice. <laughs> my, my cup would always say, "Might be whiskey," you know. <laughs> so for me, it was all about the toy, you know. Kind of like my guitar playing. I got a million. I got a million pedals. I don't really know how to use them. I don't know how to play guitar that well. But boy, I got a lot of gear that's fun. <laughs> You know, and I used to, that would be the first thing that I would do when I'd bring somebody new in. It would be like, Bob, where's your belt? And that would be, it would leave like, oh my God, that guy's amazing. (laughs) All right. So Jason. uh, It opened a lot of doors for me. It really did. So Jason, Leo, um, when when you're pouring a cocktail uh, or someone's trying to pour a cocktail at home, uh, what's something important that they, uh, simple that they, they forget about generally? In a cocktail? Yeah. Measuring? Yeah, quantity. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean, but my liver's keeping up with me. Right. So we're One, gonna... <laughs> two, three, four, five. There's enough. Five, um, it's a five count, right? That's, yeah, uh... yeah, something like that. When you're making a cocktail, I mean, if you don't, it's like uh, there's only three ingredients. If bare, bo- you know, bare bones, there's only three ingredients in old-fashioned Manhattan, but people mess it up all the time. I've had several. I've had more bad ones than good ones, and most of the times because people won't measure them out. They're too sweet because they had too much sugar in them, or too boozy. Well, well, they have a lot of booze in them. I'm not saying too boozy. I I, I like booze, but I mean, but you know, it's just if I'm having in a cocktail, I want it. I want that cocktail balanced from the moment I had the first sip till you know till the end of the cocktail, and and. and Agreed. You gotta like put all. You got everything has it has to be like, you know in perfect harmony to have a great cocktail. Otherwise, might as well just pour the booze thing in a bottle in, in a glass and just you know, go with it without you ice. Without it. You think about it, when you when you're when you're making a cocktail, you put you know you got your you know 
your amount of alcohol, then you have like if you're doing old fashioned, you, you know, you're doing your 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 alcohol, then you get your bitters, you know, which I don't there's a lot of stuff I don't do that, that Bob does. He sets things on fire and tries to and, you know, he's he's making sure the insurance policy's paid up on the bar because he's <laughs> on fire. Opa. Yeah, why not? I'm sitting here and I'm uh, I'm I'm I do like I blend my own bitters and I do stuff like that and I make my own different syrups and you know simple syrups. So the thing is when you're making a cocktail and you don't get those measurements not to be exact but pretty close to exact the dilution of the water when you start the dilution of the cocktail when you stir it I mean you're going to come up with a not balanced cocktail it's going to be lacking or missing something. So, so Jason, you, you you're at the you're at the red phone booth, yes. Yeah. And you you were telling me earlier a little bit about how you came to be at the red door at the at the red phone booth. So, if you want to say red door, Jamie? Why? Because we got a we got a there's an after there's a blind pig <laughs> yeah, yeah. in Detroit called the there's red a, door. Yeah. We had one in Atlanta too, and it got completely different place. Yeah, yeah, Oops. Different, <laughs> different game. But yeah. but Jason, you're you're originally from Kentucky. Right. Right. And you, you you actually lived about a few miles away from where Joe Louis Bourbon was at, is actually distilled at, correct? Originally. Originally. Right. It's in Lawrenceburg. It started off, I guess, in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. I'm from Danville, Kentucky, which is about about twenty miles away. Right. About. That's right. Anderson County, Kentucky. So uh, help us understand how, how did you become to be at the Red Phone booth? Oh wow. Um I was uh I was working for Hilton. I was actually one of the resident bourbon experts at Hilton downtown Lexington. Um, I have a friend, I have a couple of friends that live here in town. Um, I'd come down here many times within the last year and I really liked the town. I wanted to move down. Um, So I wanted to find a, I couldn't transfer with Hilton. So I was looking for something that would be comparable. So I actually Googled private clubs and red phone booths came up. And I went through them. I went through the whole thing. I read their dress code. And I, I, I walked up to the club, and I didn't have a code to get in. <laughs> the doorman was standing there. It had to be uh, Scotty, one of our security guys. Don't you, said, yeah. a, don't you need a, a code to get in? You need a What's code that? to get in. You need a code to get in. Yeah, you don't need you? a code to get in. You got to go in the little red phone booth. Well, phone number. As he tells you, though, the way he presented himself actually got him through the door. Yeah. So <laughs> I knew the guy worked there because he had a towel hanging out of his back pocket. I'm like, this guy must work here. And I look at him and say, hey, look, man, my name is Jason. I don't have a code for a door, but I'm a, I'm a bartender from Lexington. I wanted to talk to the bar manager. He goes, okay, give me a second. He walked in, and and uh, I, I can't confirm. I, I I asked the bar manager about her. her. Name's Ellie. I said so. Apparently, he pretty much told Ellie, "Hey, this guy's out here. He's pretty well put together. You should talk to him about a bar job." <laughs> so, and my thing was, I walked in. I just handed her my recipe book. I said, "Hey, this is me, and I'm a bourbon, you know, I'm a bourbon guy from Kentucky." Yeah. And uh, I, I kind of emailed, you know, sent her. I, email off my phone resume and then the very next week she goes uh you're hired <laughs> it's like cool Thank very you. nice <laughs> what was best about that is that you know i didn't know who the hell he was for two weeks i'm the head bartender there and i'm responsible for training everybody and your last cycle is actually through my well you know on my position on the bar and 
one day he just shows up. I'm like, I know I saw his name on the schedule. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> no, that look. Then he comes in, and I'm like, man, he's tall. <laughs> how tall are you, Jason? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm six four. And oh. t- how tall are you, Leo? Okay. Five two. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend's six two. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> no. All done. <laughs> no, but the yeah, no, so no, it was kind of funny because I knew he was on the schedule for two weeks and I hadn't seen him at all. <laughs> no. But you know, I'm glad because you know he you know when he comes on and, and he's always been an asset, always been a great guy behind the bar, and uh, I know that you know while I'm working on my end, if he's on, mm-hmm. you know you fit in right with the team. I know I, things are taken care of behind me. Nice. Thank you. So that. can we talk about what's going on now? Like yeah. with all these bars shut down and, you know, how are you guys doing? I'm all right. You know, but, uh, uh, uh the company like they did put in for us for, uh, unemployment insurance. Uh, fortunately, uh, uh for the rest of the team, I was more worried about the guys that, uh, that it was me that I was fortunate enough after doing this for so long, I had had some put away to be okay for a while. You know, and as far as like you know, food and everything went, people kind of people were really scared when this first happened. But you know, I also you know, both my parents grew up on farms, and uh, you know, we're all outdoors and outdoors with people. So, just in collection, I probably got enough you no know, provisional food for two years, just in storage, you know, from uh, all camp gear and everything. He's, but, he's he's got it saved up from Y two K still. He was like he was he was betting he was betting on Y two K. You got that Y two K ration? I was a kid. I was already kid yeah. during Y two K, so I actually do have some MREs back there left. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think my, my statement was uh, my statement was I just became Y two K compliant. Now this happens. <laughs> <laughs> What's direct deposit? I don't know. I don't know. Bob's, Bob's got it made though. He was already he was already unemployed, retired, and he's sitting on the boat. He's right. Yeah. <laughs> No. So, yeah, I mean, well, well, we're well, raring to go I back to work, that's for sure. The so. guy, I got out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so, guys, now talking about cocktails and, and making a cocktail, how important uh, is the glass itself? Glass uh, really depends on what you're putting in it. Mm. You know, because some glasses are designed for certain things. Like, for example, uh, a snifter. Designed to hold the aroma you know, in and the you know, and a, a bit of angel share that you lose because even though it's out of the air, it's a very minuscule amount, but the alcohol does evaporate. Right. But alcohol does carry flavor with it. So when you sniff through a snifter, your olfactory senses aren't uh, bombarded as hard. But also when you sip, it'll get into your uh, mouth and uh, to the top part of your nose, which... Most of the time, when you actually, I know, uh, get the nose off a cocktail, you don't really go through your nose, but you kind of like you know, breathe through your mouth and out your nose, and you get more flavor that way. Mm-hmm. You can discern things that way better. So you're kind of breathing. You're kind of tasting it out out of the back of your nose almost when you when you breathe it out. It's coming. You know, your olfactory senses are are right there, but when when it hits the back of your throat, it's you're not tasting it in your in your throat. You're tasting it in your nose almost. Is that is that a correct? Fair Absolutely correct. So, but uh, but certain glasses are designed for things like that. You know, the whiskey tasting glass, uh, either I know 
kind of like you know shaped like a tulip. <laughs> yeah, those Glengarry. Only without a stem. Glengarry glass. There you go. Yeah. So you know, or you guys got you know regular rocks glass, which you know is my preferred one. But I prefer my you know, my spirits neat most of the time. This one was clean, so you know I grabbed yeah. it. Drink bourbon out of a paper cup. It didn't. Know. I mean. <laughs> Actually, we have in the parking lot. <laughs> Paper cups, ah. plastic. I, I don't care. It's bourbon. Come you know, on. There's a reason why red solo cups sell so many. I'm joking. I mean, if you want to be pinkies up, I mean, that's fine. I mean, you know, yeah, right. Southern boys, are you going to do you can take I mean, the boy out of Kentucky, but you can't take the Kentucky out of the boy. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what, man, I've been to so many bourbon tastings and been to so many like barrel picks and stuff like that. And where, you know, um, uh, it, people talk about, you know, when you smell the glass and, you, and you're tasting the bourbon and, and people, I love my, my favorites when they say, you know, the suggestive selling is, a, don't you taste the nutmeg in there? I was like, yeah, because they dumped all that nutmeg in there, you know. <laughs> It tastes like shaking hands with an old friend. <laughs> All right. So you guys have not had a chance to taste uh, Joe Lewis bourbon, but I'm going to make sure that uh, we get your addresses and we get some samples sent to you. Because That'd be awesome. Thank you. That'd be great. Because it's it's actually, uh, it's, it's not available yet in Georgia directly, although you could order it online for shipping. But, uh, Did they already release it in, in uh, Detroit? Yes, the first it was it was released uh, this month, right yeah. amid COVID nineteen, yeah. in the first market, and that's why we're doing these because we can't do any other events or tastings. Now is and it? So we've been doing conversations with this, and yeah. and in, in three weeks, it's already in over three hundred stores, retail stores. Very so is it? Is it uh, <laughs> it's a it's a nine. Now I know the original was eighty six proof bourbon, almost like a old forester type. Is this yeah, more like a- this is this is a uh, uh, ninety proof. Okay, uh, the mash bill is sixty six percent corn, fourteen percent rye, and twenty percent barley. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's crafted in pot still, so no heads or tails. Those are all discarded. It's just the heart, and then it's aged uh, for two plus years in char three, a uh, new American barrel. Char three, yeah, okay. char three. Straight, so straight medium. Yep, straight medium. Um, but part of the the difference is, aside from the ingredients, it's the uh, it is the pot still and the fact that, uh, well, it's also distilled in uh, southwestern Virginia, right over the Kentucky line. But the water, the natural well water, is actually a higher limestone component than it's, you get. Uh, it, it's it's uh, that's Davis, right? Davis Valley. Davis Valley, yeah. So they got yeah. two two distilleries with two separate water sources. So you're and they're making it at both places. Are you doing like a? No, they're actually only making this now at one place, the Saltville facility. Nice. Um, okay. And and that's where actually the the other location is higher up on a mountain, um, but the Saltville location is uh, lower and it's uh, it's it's got more access to. Uh, there are three different wells. I've been there and I've seen it, and um, and it's a pretty spectacular operation, actually. That you know, the plan is was always been at some point to have a a little uh, you know a little uh, tasting room uh, uh, investor investor operation there, um, and uh, yeah. So that's uh, you know this this bourbon is I originally sourced it um, uh, for uh, for some other distilleries. Uh, and also to create the Bourbon Bond Investment Fund. Uh, and uh, when we went down to do tastings uh, and to choose, because there were a lot of options and a lot of combinations, there was a wheat whiskey, there was 
you know, some different um, variations um, that we came back to this and, and did uh, uh, a tasting, went up to Maine with uh, several, in fact, actually Michael Muir, who was on this show a couple weeks ago, who's a certified uh, stave and thief bourbon steward. Mm-hmm. He, he moderated the tasting panel and we had uh, not just the owners, but we have a number of people, uh, including the president of Golden Gloves of America, because uh, that's part of this was the sports marketing component. Uh, and things and, uh, you know, kind of all agree. We did a lot of comparisons. So, well, um, I know I could, I'm really interested to try because my father was a boxer. And I know, uh, I know Jason and I both box. Ah. So, you know, we're kind of excited about it. I do have a well, question, that- though. Have yeah. you guys got in the ring and yeah. beat the crap out of each other, or is it more <laughs> recreational? <laughs> no, just behind the bar, not in the ring. Yeah, behind the bar. You know. I know, I know. Yeah, my 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 inside the ring and mad fighting days are way over, man. You know, I got a kid in the ring corps now. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm done. Working on my John Sullivan mustache. I mean, it's like you can't. <laughs> I think I think Bob's uh, hitting the beach <laughs> over there. So uh, uh, my question is. Uh, he's going to the bathroom. <laughs> Do we oh, need to stop video? <laughs> I, I'd stop video, Michael. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a man cave first. Oh my god! <laughs> you know what? Mother Nature gave us bourbon. Might as well. Yeah. Yeehaw, Bob. You know, there was uh, there was a line that I heard years ago. I was out on my boat with a neighbor who had just retired, and I asked him what was he doing, and he said, "Well, I'm spending many many hours every day turning fine expensive wine into urine." That's kind of our that's kind of my motto at the bar. Is like everybody's like, "Oh, that's art. you know what you do is art and this and that and the other," and I said. Well, Great, because the funny thing is, my art turns to pee in a few hours. It's, right. <laughs> it's chemistry. It's not art. It's chemistry. It's not. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so, Leo, what, enjoy it now, because you might not enjoy it later. <laughs> Leo, Leo, what's your question? You, you said you oh, had a yeah. question. Yeah, hey, I do. So, I, I also understand that like, you, know, you have uh, local source grades. Of, yeah. You know, but the barley was imported. Though. They did. Was it imported like you know, from another part of the country, particularly, or uh, was it? imported like imported it's imported yeah i don't actually know this the actual source but i will find that out but yes okay it's imported yeah. i think because like, i you know the way it looks it says like everything was locally as, as yep. much as possible yep but if yep. there's not enough barley to go around then you got to go elsewhere so yeah and i think it's also i think the distiller because uh, this he's they sourced it before i uh, came aboard there but um you know they they did do you know they they went out and tasted and searched and looked for quality and consistent supply. Uh, you know, the corn is because it's in, it's, it's in farm country. Uh, so the corn literally comes from a farm right down the road and it's, they mill it, uh, you know, locally and the same thing for the, you know, for the rye. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for you guys to try Joe Lewis bourbon. Um, cause you haven't tasted it yet. And I'm excited for you guys to get a bottle. Uh, but in, in in general with bourbons, what what makes a brand kind? Of, what makes somebody gravitates towards a certain brand, and other and gravitate and not gravitate towards others? What are some of the tasting things that that you uh, see with uh, bourbons in that regard? Uh, honestly, it's a lot of it. To be honest, is more marketing trend where it goes. 
but also a lot of it has to do with what people like. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you know, no, uh, no, there's things like that, that were available back uh, in the early '90s that were very, very common and popular. You know, in markets that aren't quite as known now. You know, for uh, example, would be uh, Weller Reserve. At one point, it was no, it was a thirty dollars a fifth shot down to ten dollars. I know a fifth, uh, really, because I, I think they just removed the age statement. Is uh, where if uh, I'm not correct, there might be more factors to that. But uh, I was uh, that was probably t- near twenty years ago, and you know, then uh, bartenders we started to go like, "Well, this stuff's still good juice," so we started hoarding the shit out of it. Yeah, and I had a nice side business, like you know, uh, like you know, running that inside the city lines because you could get it inside the metro. <laughs> But you could get it out where I live, outside. <laughs> and I buy a bunch of it, and I could uh, either gift it or sell it to my bartender friends. You know, and I pay taxes on that. If anyone was listening, you're saying, <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of course, you did. It's, uh, it's one of those things. Is what I ask the people when people ask me for a bourbon, I ask them, I ask them a couple different questions. One is, you know, first and foremost, you know, how do you drink your bourbon? Are you drinking it in a cocktail? Do you want it? Uh, are you drinking it on, on the rocks? Are you drinking it neat? Two, or there's, you know, it's really three types of bourbons. You got rye bourbons, you got wheat bourbons, you got more traditional bourbons, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, because you get the high rise, you got, there's so many different types of bourbons out there. You got to think that, you know, there's over, I don't know, 500 bourbon labels, but there's really, I don't know, 14. 15 maybe major distilleries that produce them all. Mm-hmm. So you get, you get into a situation where you ask them, you know, what they usually like, you know, if they're, if they're going away from their brand, what they usually like, you're going to try to find something comparable. And by goodness, there is something comparable out there. If someone says, well, you know, you know, I like, uh, I like hotter proof bourbons. I like higher proof bourbons. So you're probably going to go more over bottle and bond. You go 100, you so you, there's there's several different questions. If you if you if you want your bourbon in a cocktail, uh, you know, and you you know, there's so many good bourbons that are great cocktail bourbons. You know, it's like uh, uh, like good example, Maker's Mark. That's a great. It's a, I like Maker's Mark. I'm I'm, but uh, you're allowed. Maker's you're from Mark. Kentucky, so you're fine. Well, I mean, right, well, I, mean <laughs> I, have, I have history with Maker's Mark, but uh, we go back a long way. We're like this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have history of Maker's Mark, but uh, my thing is, is that Maker's is one of those. It's it's a sweeter it's a sweeter bourbon because it's wheat. It also mm-hmm. has a really short finish, so it's really good in a yeah. cocktail where it won't over. What's that? It's quick. You know, it's, it, quick, it, yeah. it's it's nice and easy. It's quick. And uh, and it it just I mean, it's just it's solid bourbon. If you want something more like neat, man, I got man, I, you know. I got a pocket full. I got a I got a pocket list full of bourbons. Oh, that that, see, my favorite, you know, Jason knows it everything, like, you know, but they're not necessarily his. Mm. All right, you know, but it's what people like. What they like, and there's a, everyone has a different reason. But you always see, as far as what's popular, it's it goes in trends. It always does. And, you know, but people will always hold to what they like. But like my father, my father's Scotch man. To this day, put a bottle of Chivas in front of him. He'd be hard to get rid of. 
Well, the other thing is is price. I mean, now the bur- with the way the bourbon market's exploding right now and, and the price, I tell people this story all the time, is that I remember it was around 2008, maybe 2010, um, the, the Hilton I wound up becoming the bartender uh, there, I had a shot of Pappy 23, split it with my wife. I had a shot of Pappy 23, and I was so mad. I'd never paid that much before for a shot of bourbon. It was $23. And? And? That was uh, I mean, now that shot, now that two ounce pour, now that two ounce pour would be $250. You know, I mean, I mean, just saying, there's an. Inflation's a bitch, bud. Yeah. Yeah. Inflation, yeah. I was yeah. gonna, I was gonna ask you guys, um, at what you have at the at the the red phone booth. Do you have any like those pappies or any of those ridiculous high ends? Um, are they worth it? Are they? I'm. I am so cheap. Beauty, beauty is an eye of the beer holder. I mean, yeah. Yeah. the thing is, is that if you're on a prestigious kick, and he's like, I've had. The pinkies up. I get pinkies up. This is how we know it's a fancy part. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. You got it's got it's all gotta follow the same seven rules to be bourbon. It's all gotta follow the same rules to be bourbon. Then it comes down to personal preference. William Heaven Hill, the William Heaven Hill 27 year is three hundred, four hundred dollars a pour. I think it tastes like turpentine. Yep. But that's someone's favorite bourbon though. It doesn't matter because what's not my favorite bourbon might be Leo's favorite bourbon, you know? True. So I don't drink anything under 90 proof. I don't, I don't usually drink anything under 90 proof. To me, I want to taste my bourbon. Hey, Basil Hayden's great. I'd much rather have the old granddaddy came from. You know, you say Basil Hayden, you say Basil Hayden, my go-to on the Basil Hayden is a dark rye. Okay. Um, on the base of hey, it's, it's one of yeah. my favorites right now. But I actually have a question for Bob in, in retirement. What do? Oh, he's not listening right now. So, well, Bob, are you listening? Yeah, Bob. Hey, Bob. Yep. What, yeah. What's your go? What's your daily go-to right I'm now? Here. In, in in retirement, what is your daily go-to bourbon drink that that you're enjoying? Uh, either Four Roses or Evan Williams. Uh, Lately, my liquor store has been out of Warren Roses, so I've been, I'm, you know, I'm a fan. Um, and I, it really doesn't matter too much to me. I'm, I've got an easy, easy taste bud, and I really don't. I mean, I can get behind anything if I drink it long enough. I, <laughs> games, I like it. It's easy. I drink a lot of it. I like it. The guy that is distributor for Randall is Randall Roberts. He's our he's our Four Roses guy. We became good friends and uh and I've sold that ever since Prohibition as my well liquor. And I just make it part of my spiel, you know, I say when I reach my right when I reach my right hand now, we've got two rails. Usually it's vodka, gin, rum, tequila, triple sec like that. Well I start the second rail with four roses because that's what my right hand is gonna reach for. And I'll tell people, you know what, if I reach down and there's no four roses there, guess what? I'm going to go for another bar. I'm not going to work there anymore. <laughs> it's just part of my stick. You know what I mean? <laughs> love it. Love it. So, so Evan Williams I, I and... Drink, 
anything. Yeah. You know, we, we've actually, you know, the Man Cave Happy Hour, we, we like to taste different bourbons, give our own taste profiles. Jamie and I haven't sat next door to each other in, in a number of weeks, and, and we're, we're looking forward to the point where we can do this again. But, you know, if we would, if we'd love to invite you guys back to do a, a Man Cave. Be awesome. And, and, oh, absolutely. And talk it's about not- a taste profile of something, whether it be Evan Williams or Four Roses. And, and Bob, we'd love to have you back just to kind of understand, you know, being a bartender for as long as you have, your palate has to be very well entailed into what to look for. And on the forty-four the year veteran, man, wow. that, that that's a Started long time. When I was born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, fourth Before generation, <laughs> fourth generation professional bartender. Fourth uh, generation. Okay, fair. Yeah, his, uh, no, no, he had a relative, had an ancestor that was actually a bartender during and after prohibition. Man. You know, there, there's a, there, there's a lot of stories uh, that we'd love to have come out and, and just kind of discuss about some some of the experiences that you've had over your 44 years of being behind the bar. And you know, you, you're not just a bartender; you're also a therapist. You know, people will come to you guys. You know, Jason, Leo, you, you, people will come to you whether they're um, they're grieving or they're celebrating. Uh, I can only imagine some of the stories that you guys have uh, in regards to being being what you do. It's you know? actually uh, working uh, the yeah. hammer well all the time. I don't get to talk to a lot of people as much, but what I do, it's it does remind me that why I got into this oh, in the first place. Oh, I got plenty. I got plenty. <laughs> but the no, but I do. It's part of what is the allure of the job. You know, if it was, it's being a bartender. Really, it's less about the drink, man. It's more about the people, and you know, and no, you can no, never no. take that away. Absolutely. experience. That's that's really I mean the drinks making a good cocktail is making a good cocktail, but really if if um you're selling an experience. Absolutely. That that's what you are. You're the experience. If they if you came there and you made their favorite drink better than they've ever had it, maybe they maybe you didn't make it the best they ever had, but your your personality or your um or your charisma or your the, the way you handled yourself behind the bar and talking to them. Mm-hmm. Your um, uh, your presence behind the bar, maybe that is what made that cocktail the best they've ever had. Yeah, I tell people all the time, this is the best old fashioned you're ever going to have, and if it's not, it won't be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great disclaimer, my friend. That really <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to say it first, then you make the cocktail. I mean, I mean, I mean, we all when we're working, when Bob, you know, Bob makes his old fashioned his way. You know, Leo makes his mind, and I make mine my way and and uh, i mean you know we all have our little different ways we do it and when i put it i, I said you know they said do you make good old-fashioned i said best one you'll ever have and then i'll make it hey make that cocktail like, like yeah, name that too make that cocktail and right. you go and you make that cocktail and you're like there you go and right. they said best one you've ever had or no, it won't I, be the worst one you've ever had <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys want to get back to work because it's what's that, Bob? A, a, a lot of a lot of my stick too that comes into it is is make them show, let them see how cool we are and how much we can show up. But then as soon as, as soon as you get a chance, you could say, let me know a little about you know about you know where you from, where you coming in from, because we're in a, we're in an uh, area of downtown Atlanta where we get a lot of tourists. So I think it's very important to include them into it and make it feel like you're interested in them too. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then it gives you a chance to catch your breath a little bit and talk talk about something different. But you know, like I said, with me, it's all just it's almost like it's a script. I don't really have to talk to anybody. I find out a little bit about them, and then I have a funny story that they like to hear, and then I make them a fancy drink and set it on fire, and the next thing you know, we're best friends. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of it's listening too. Bob Absolutely. Bob made my first drink when when I when I came to the red phone booth before I was uh, employed there um the bar manager um ellie was like hey sit down uh we'll buy you a drink okay and bob bob went through the paces he he went to he went <laughs> he went to the he set stuff on fire he was doing this and that and the other he's doing you know what and i i don't think i don't think i mean i had what three or four different interviews there just to make sure i was going to be a right fit i don't think i ever had a bar bill there I, I know I tipped him, but I don't think I ever had a bar bill at the, at the red phone booth. But What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> privileges, privileges, fellas. Yeah, so yeah, he I, made I me may, my first. The I first may come in and apply. The first I mean. Drink experience I had at the red phone booth. Bob actually, actually made, um, uh, made for me. So it was pretty cool to, to my first experience at the red phone booth before I became employed there. And the the way everybody acted behind the bar and the and the, and the personalities that were behind the bar, and I was like, you know what, uh, my ego will fit just well back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My swagger, my swagger, yeah. fit just fine back there. <laughs> Peace up, a town down, baby. The bar, the first <laughs> <laughs> so you know, yeah, I know you guys when want I to get saw back. Jason, to- when he retired after. Go ahead, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. Yeah, when I first saw Jason after he was like the first night I walked in and he was behind the bar, like I'll, I'll be honest, my mind's going. I, I forget things. I don't know where I know people from, but I knew that I knew this guy, and that we. I ran up, gave him a big hug. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so glad you're here. And I, <laughs> I didn't even know where I knew him from. Wow. But I knew that we had a connection, so I think that's an awful lot of it. Is you know, family. Yep. Bob was, Bob, was so, Bob was so awesome too, because he, I mean, we were, we were getting crushed. The, the first night I worked there, like the first night, and I was a, I was a training bartender. I mean, I, technically I was, you know, hourly when it was my second day training and, and I get in there and we're getting, I mean, we we're getting crushed and Bob, Bob has these three things on fire. He comes up right in, right in my hip. He goes, he goes, you're effing amazing, man. I love you, dude, man. I love you. And we, and then of course the whole night was over. That was my, and he looked at, he looked at everybody and goes, you're getting full cut tonight. You're not, you're not training. You're not training as a bartender. So my second night there, Bob and, 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 uh, and Parks, the other bartender at work, they made sure I got full cut of the bar instead of training pay. Wow. That night, but Bob was, but Bob, he came, he had four things on fire. He came over, he was like, Hey, man, you're, you're amazing, you're awesome, dude. And he just <laughs> gave me a big hug. And you know, after the night was over, man, and 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 it was, uh, I actually, it was the first time I'd ever been working in a situation like that where people weren't intimidated by me, by the new guy, and they made me feel so welcome. And to this day, there hasn't been there hasn't been anybody there that has made me feel um, management, management staff, Greg, Steve, I was, they've always made me feel like I was part of something. 
Mm-hmm. That was that's the point. Is is you know it makes me want to come to work and and it makes me want to get crushed. You know, mentally challenged. You know, yeah, that, welcome that to the team again, bud. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that leads me to my question. You know, the last question I have for you guys, you know, is, you know, I know you want to get back to work. Bob, I know you're retired. You're enjoying your boat. I see you towing around the river. That's awesome. The lake is treating you well. But, fellas, you want to get back to work. And what are some of the things that you might see different with this whole social distancing that we're going through right now? You know, what are your thoughts of the future of the bar industry? You know, of people hanging out at the bar because I can't wait to get back to the bar personally. I've got there's just so many things we want to do. I haven't wanted to drink a beer in a bar so bad than when I was underage. <laughs> no, no. So what I see is that also just it's gonna be it's gonna be different, but I think in a good way. Honestly, I know I try to be optimistic about it. Where, uh, well, again, it's not exactly resolved the situation that we're in, right? And the nature of that particular advisor that it evolves. So eventually it's going to happen again, you know, and that's just the reality of it. Like, you know, and, and I know I, I lost uh, my physician to SARS back in the day, you know, when he went back, uh, he went back to mainland China and they go, and he never came back. So, and it's you know the same type of virus. It's evolved over the, over the years, of course. So I think what I hope is for our industry is that, Maybe at the very, very least, we have the appreciation that we can be there as people because we've always gathered. We're a social, we're a social like being. All mm-hmm. all of us, you know, we you know, even those who like being isolated need some contact with somebody. And bars have always been a gathering place. Taverns, mm-hmm. you know, uh, restaurants. All the roots come from people being together and gathering and doing what they do. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, no, I think that, that we'll have more appreciation with that, and that, well, yeah, damn it, man, uh, I want to go back to work. I miss my team, yeah. and I miss going to work because you know I got a lot of stuff to do at my property, but it ain't like having a job. It's yeah. it's not the same. It could, and it's not. You know, also, you miss the people you're with because you're with the. I'm with them more than I am my own family. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm with them almost eighty percent of the time that I have. Mm-hmm. And you form those bonds; they become your family. Yeah. And I miss them all. So, and, and thank you for that. Uh, I really appreciate that, Leo. You know, you know, there's, you know, you, our, our bartenders, our servers, they they live their lives on, you know, taking care of people. And you know, there's a friend of ours close here in Detroit that created a website called Go Tip Them. Not sure if you've heard that or not, but bartenders can go in and register themselves, and then. No, folks can go in and tip their bartender as if, you know, they pour themselves a drink at home and then you go and you tip your bartender a couple of bucks. Right. And that that is actually represented throughout all 50 states in the U.S. Yeah, we got that here to let it to you. Yeah. So, you know, there's just so many nice things that, you know, folks want to do for each other, but they love their bartenders. So thank you for doing what you do. Um, because you keep us humble, you keep us, you, you keep us happy, right? So, and thank you for the for the drinks and the conversation. Cheers, cheers, yeah. gentlemen, appreciate it. But boy, hey, cheers. And I can I can attest that these bartenders have uh, made me happy over the years. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. So, if somebody's <laughs> in Atlanta, if somebody comes to Atlanta and they want to go to the Red Phone Booth, how do it gives a private club? Uh, how do they make their way there? How do they how do they get that code? 
Well, if you're staying in downtown Atlanta, all the major hotels, that's the concierge. Otherwise, you can you know, come down to the phone booth and ask around to the bartenders. Or, hey, you know what? Find one of us. Yeah, find one of us. <laughs> we're, we're not really I'm hard to notice line, yeah. walking around downtown Atlanta. Right on. Right on, right on. Fortunately, they're all very reachable on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. so the passcode is 866. Put my phone number up on this web. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the worst case scenario, if you don't know the code and you can't find it from us, if you can sing like a Britney Spears song for Scott, he'll let you in. Yeah. yeah. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> like, if you get even as a work there, <laughs> and yeah, you dress up right. You <laughs> really you know, know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the code is. The code is eight six seven five three zero nine. That's it. It's so yeah. far removed. <laughs> today, but tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, I say. And it's not open today, so you're okay. So, <laughs> Tomorrow, it's hit me, baby, one more time. We're, uh, so. we're not exactly private. We do have memberships today, but we are exclusive. And that's for a reason. I mean, you know, the first speakeasy kind of thing. It's not yeah. impossible to find the code. It's not. Oh, It's, and, it's and challenging, you know, but, you know, but that's for a purpose. Because there's I'm a working. certain crowd that goes in there. You know, and it's not really meant for you know the affluent or, or not or, or whatever. Uh, actually, our president, Greg Grant, put it the best way. We're a bar for ladies and gentlemen to be served by ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So yeah. act appropriately, come appropriately. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a, there's a certain thing. Yeah, we have a dress code. We have it's a also for a reason. You tend to act right when you're wearing a suit. <laughs> no. no, or at least a collared <laughs> shirt, you know. And uh, if uh, you don't, well, you got to deal with Scotty. You don't want to deal with Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, no open-toed shoes, you know, not, nothing. That, nothing actually, that, that that's a safety reason. Yeah, yeah, no, no and, hats, uh, you know, nothing. You know, come, uh, come we've with act that. We've we that. Oh, okay. yeah. Our, with our opening and our location in Nashville, uh, we well, I mean, it's middle of cowboy country, and which is funny because like, Nashville gets dispensation, but here in uh, deep South Atlanta, we don't because we get a. I love to wear a cowboy hat when I walk in, I mean, whatever, it's fine. So. Mm-hmm. But no, but yeah, uh, only thing now outlaw for uh, headwear for gentlemen is uh, caps, right, like baseball caps and things, like trucking caps, baseball caps, and uh, but you know, driving caps, you know, uh, your uh, no, fedoras, mm-hmm. trilbies, yep. cowboy hats—they're all fine now. So, so our, our godfather here in Detroit is one of our cigar enthusiasts. He he wears a fedora all the time, so he's he's allowed in. Absolutely. So, <laughs> um, you know, I'd love to learn more about your cigar programs that you have going on there, you know, in, in Atlanta Absolutely. and in Nashville. So, you know, I'd love to reconvene with you guys and, and just have more of a conversation and uh, just kind of ma- make this a regular thing with you. What do you Absolutely. think? Absolutely. I would love that. Cool. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Yeah, All thanks, right. Bob. Awesome. <laughs> I'm in. So He's I, in. Hey, I want to thank you, Bob, because I, I hit Bob up today just last minute and said, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and and uh, he he's said, let, me, let me round up the posse. So I, I thank you. Love you, brother. Oh, it's my pleasure, man. I, I love you, Michael. I love you. We've been together a long time, you and me. Yeah. Longer than I would like to admit. Ah, to. Right <laughs> yeah. So yeah. for Joe Lewis Burger. I'm really jo- curious about the podcasting thing. I want to do that myself. So this is great. We, we can help. <laughs> well, if you're going to do it yourself, you need to figure out how to get on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've been on Zoom. I've been on Zoom five times. I've 
times this week and I didn't have a problem. I think maybe, I think you've been flagged as a security risk. <laughs> That's what it must be. It must be. You're flagged as a security risk. That's me. I can't wait to, I can't wait to, 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 to try to booze. Oh try to lose what? Oh, okay. <laughs> the business end. All right. Yeah. You know, JoeLewisBourbon.com, you know, find Joe. Yeah, here's Joe, right? Uh, hashtag here's Joe. Where's Joe? Here's Joe. Where's Joe? Where's Joe? So, you know, it's out there, you know, mancavehappyhour.com. You can find us on the socials. Gentlemen, I, I cannot thank you enough for the time this afternoon, this evening, the camaraderie and the conversation. Uh, you know, looking forward to the next time. My pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, uh, thank you all. Thank you all yeah, for having us. Cheers. Pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Next Tuesday. And on Thursday, we'll be doing bourbon unboxing. Yay.